Welcome to the Plugged In Show. I'm Adam Holtz, your host for our conversation today. Each week, our Plugged In team gathers to talk about what's happening in the world of pop culture, entertainment, and technology. And we're back this week for a bit of a retrospective kind of conversation. You know, it's the beginning of a new year. It's not only the beginning of a new year, it's the beginning of a new decade. So I thought this would be a great time for us to look back over the last 10 years and, and especially the last year. So let's dive in. Joining me today are my plugged in compatriots, Bob Hoos, Kristen Smith, Paul A.C., Jonathan McKee. All right. I'm glad you guys are with us today. Well, another decade has come and gone, and as we move into the 20s, we'll have to wait and see if they're roaring 20s or not. (laughs) I thought it'd be a great time to look over the last 10 years or so and identify some of our favorite movies. And so here is my question. I think this is going to be a super fun conversation. What is one of your favorite movies from the last 10 years and why? Who wants to lead off today? Paul? Paul? Oh man, I tell you what, let me just say I'm 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 under protest here for this question because to pick just one from the yeah. last uh, 10 so years hard. it's so hard. Yeah. There, there were it's a lot so of, hard. A lot of great All right. Films. So now that we've identified that the paradigm itself is flawed, <laughs> I would like to just continue to move forward with the question that I've asked and if anybody else has a protest just sign the petition with Paul. So, okay. you were saying Paul. All right. So if I had to pick one, and I'm tempted to just rattle off a whole bunch, but if I had to pick just one, I think I might pick A Quiet Place. Oh, Quiet Place. I knew you were going to pick that. Did you really? Yeah, I really did. Oh, that's really disturbing. Yeah, Yeah, A Quiet Place (laughs) is really, for me, it it was one of the most well-crafted thrillers slash horror slash alien movies that you can find. Okay, give me a basic premise for anybody who might not be familiar with it. You bet. Uh, essentially what you have is you have these aliens who come down uh, a few months before the the core of the movie starts. They can't see, but they can hear really well. So anything that makes noise that is alive is bound to end up in these creatures' mouths oh, for dinner. Yeah. Kristen, you and I would be so dead. That's right. I would in a second. <laughs> Jonathan, you would be right behind us, I think. (laughs) And so essentially you have this family who's trying to live within this new world where there's these alien creatures running around the world devouring everything that they can hear, so they have to be super, super quiet all the time. Now, now you would think think that that would be the opposite of what we would recommend from a a plugged-in perspective. Oh, yeah. But the film itself is not not bloody and gory. Well, it is kind of bloody and gory in places. I mean, it's... But but so fast, because they go... Right, they're through. No, that's I, that's absolutely right. And I think one of the things that that from a plugged in point of view that I really value, you have this family. They have these two kids who are growing up trying to be very quiet, and there's another one on the way. Oh, babies are not quiet. Babies no. are not quiet, no. and, and you know, right, Kristen? They are not. <laughs> and from my perspective. Watching this family love each other, care for each other, plan for a future together, plan for a new loud baby Very in the mixed. Mm. Exactly. That that expresses a certain type of hope mm-hmm. that I think is really gratifying. I found it really, really appealing. Okay. Well, we're gonna speed round through to our next choice. Mr. Hoos, what, what do you have for us for your Well, well mine's mine's favorite. another one. Odd one that you wouldn't ordinarily expect as a 
best film of the last decade, but it would be Guardians of the Galaxy. Ooh. Oh, so, so playing into the old uh, superhero thing. It, the, the interesting thing about this film is that uh, it's actually about a bunch of misfits, about these people that are very extremely flawed characters you know mm. so you wouldn't again it's not a film that you would ordinarily think wait a minute plugged in is ex- asking us to watch this movie about flawed characters and it does, and have, it does some have some problems. issues yeah. Yeah. yeah it does and that's and that's <laughs> the, the thing. plugged in guys you know i mean i mean <laughs> all of the characters have their problems whether it be uh, rocket who is constantly griping and screaming at everybody or uh, or what is it drax who wants revenge this this pure revenge for his family but the thing i really enjoyed about the film was that it was in in a sense a redemption Hmm. film you Mm -hmm. know where you have all of these people that come together and they're they're loners in their own right right but they come together and make each other better they find a family essentially they start out they start out sort of as orphans every single one of them Mm -hmm. but by the end of the film they're willing to give their own lives for one another because they have found that bond of family in that group and and so in terms of a superhero film i thought it uh, it, uh even with its own flaws i thought it was a very strong compelling and emotional film with an amazing soundtrack with, yeah. Yeah. right yes. right right with the 70s soundtrack <laughs> well you know when you stop and think about movies period yeah the fact is that there are certain things that help you connect with them. Yeah. You and, and for me, it's it's really well crafted characters, mm-hmm. a great story, and something that raises some wonderful questions. Saying, "How would you deal with a situation like this? What do you find of most value?" And those are the kinds of films, and this is one of them, I think, that that really stir me up. Yeah, I think uh, that's a great one. Um, I would have to agree with Paul that it's really hard to choose just one. But I think if but I, you're gonna have to. I'm going to have to yeah, yes. sign the petition and I'll ignore it. I think my favorite for the last decade was The Greatest Showman. Oh, um, it was choice. just so good. And it has been I don't often walk out of a theater feeling so full of hope and joy and like just yeah. like life is so good. Kind of like when you walk out of Les Mis, even though there's a lot more tragedy, you just have this. There's like, a lot of Miz too. <laughs> <laughs> there's just so much hope that um, that I found. And I think in the the whole story is about, you know, this man who he, he finds the meaning of life as he goes through his journey. And, and it's what about P.T. Barnum, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Loosely. Yeah. Another it's flawed like, character. Yes. Another flawed character. Yes, and I know people had issues with the historical context and blah, 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 blah. But as a movie, <laughs> I really thought it was great. So, yeah, it's my favorite. All right. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna choose one that maybe some of you guys haven't even heard of, but, I, man, it just it captured my heart. It's a movie with Sam Rockwell, Steve Carell, Tony Collette, Allison Janney. It's called... The Way Way Back, back from 2013. It, oh, is yeah. a, it is a story about this young kid, this young teenager named Duncan. And he basically goes on summer vacation with his, his single mom and his mom's overbearing boyfriend, which is played by Carell, and his daughter. And it's kind of this really sad vacation it starts off with where this kid is like you know you know steve carell is just this terrible you know almost a stepdad figure but he's the boyfriend figure and uh so this kid just ends up kind of escaping every day and he literally finds this little girl's bike with like a little basket on and he just and he gets on it and he rides away to just try to escape this this home that is terrible and this terrible vacation and he ends up at this water park 
that is run mm, by yeah. Sam Rockwell. Um, and Sam Rockwell is kind of this <laughs> unexpected mentor who just notices and cares about this young kid and becomes that father figure in this kid's life. And it is such an endearing film. And it's, it's one of these ones, and, and it was written and directed by this pair of guys, Nat Faxon and Jim Rash, and they're the same guys who did The Descendants, who, which is a film that could probably also be on the list of the best. Oh, I see what you're doing yeah, yeah. there. Slip Come another on, one. Well, you know, <laughs> Everybody else has behaved. You're trying try to, to sneak another in. one oh, in. Oh, we could slip in way more. Um, <laughs> uh, no, it's one of those things. And, and, and I might add that, you know, as our listeners, they'll always hear us do that. They'll hear, oh, and it's, it's by these guys, by this writer and this director. I encourage you guys to, to get on imdb.com, the Internet Movie Database. If you ever like a film, like if you like, you know, J.J. Abrams, uh, you know, The Force Awakens, and you're like, you know, wow, Force Awakens is good. Who directed it? J.J. Abrams. Let me look this guy up. Hey, he also did this film called Super 8, which was another great one in the last decade. And all of a sudden you could say, yeah, yeah. And you could say, well, this this Super 8 film was a lot like kind of Stranger Things. This is good. So use that tool. If you find a writer you like, if you find a director you like, you know, use that and kind of find. And, and sometimes you'll find some other good ones. But, boy, I tell you, the way, way back, especially the youth worker in me, love just the fact that uh, – the power that a mentor can have in a young man's life. You know, one thing that that is interesting, just as we're talking about these movies, is that they all seem to deal in some ways with family. Right. Hmm. Fractured family, these uh, imperfect families, but finding that connection with people. And and, and I I think it's kind of interesting that that all of them so far have have been that. Yeah, and they they help us connect. They help us connect emotionally with with the whole idea, the story. Right. That's very... Very cool. Well, my movie is pretty much about explosions, so it's not, <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. It's not about family. No, I'm lying. Mine's totally about family. So I had a hard time answering my own question as well. Uh, but I think, Poetic justice. I think the one mm-hmm. I've landed on was a movie from 2017 called A Monster Calls. Mm. I don't know if any of you saw this. I did not. This is a movie about a young boy whose mother is dying of cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he knows she's dying. It's not a movie about whether she's going to make it or not. Right. Um, she is. She's on the verge of dying. And at 12.07 each night, this tree-like monster comes to his window and starts having a conversation with him. And as the movie starts, you don't really know what it's about. Uh, and the monster is pretty scary. So this yeah, is not. Feel, a, it feels heavy and it dark. It feels heavy and dark and, and, you know, pretty grim. But the monster really just wants to have a conversation with the boy. And as the story unfolds and his mother gets closer to dying, we realize that the monster is sort of a a metaphorical construct, a fantastical construct to help him process grief Mm. and the reality that sometimes really hard things happen and we don't we don't know how to deal with it and Paul will tell you that I'm a sucker for sad heavy movies that that you know have this difficult kind of content but I loved it in that it made me really think about grief and and it's a movie in which we're challenged not to bury our right. hard stuff mm. but to come to grips with it even if it's incredibly difficult so yeah. the thing yeah. i the thing i found very interesting about that one was initially you you have this idea that the monster is going to come and protect the boy right but in 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 a sense no he doesn't protect him he teaches him he yeah. teaches him and he, and actually he forces him if i can yeah. put quote marks around force to 
to wrestle with the reality of his grief instead of running away from it. Yeah, right? no, and I, I think that one of the things that that your your discussion of grief really strikes me that that you and I both resonate with those difficult, sad movies that that allow you to embrace some of those difficult emotions. And I'll just mention, I think in this decade. Pixar has done it as well as anybody. Oh, you're yeah. doing it again. You know? You're doing it again. <laughs> I, I think that that when you look at Pixar and, and some of the deep, yeah. painful things that they deal with for a for a child's audience, right. I right. mean, it's it's amazing what they've up been able to do. Inside up. out. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, Disney does or, the same thing. One of the movies that I thought about was Coco, and they do something very similar. They, yeah. they wrestle with a lot of really hard things. Well, children. I think that's what movies that are effective do, is that they enable us to think about and process our emotions and our experiences, perhaps in a way that we hadn't before. And probably we have all been sitting in a movie and we find ourselves having a deeply emotional response. Mm -hmm. And we may not even be completely consciously aware of where it's coming from. And so I think movies at their best can accomplish that. At their worst, they may model and glorify things that, that are really horrific and we don't you know, want to embrace that. But all of these are films that do things that that work on the heart level. Uh, all of them are films that may have some issues. So uh, my plugged in disclaimer yeah. here is don't take this as a blanket endorsement right. to go out and right. rent or stream or buy these movies. Go read Definitely our review. check out our full yeah. review for each one of them. Yeah. Um, and if you want to comment on movies, we would love for you to send us an email at team at thepluggedinshow.com. Let us know what you think your favorite movie of the last 10 years or so is, or comment on you know whether you think we have made really inspired choices here uh, or maybe not so inspired <laughs> ones. <laughs> so now I want to focus just a bit on the year 2019 for our second segment. All right. One of the things that we do on our Plugged In blog, and you can go there at pluggedin.focusonthefamily.com, is to look at... Uh, the different categories of things that we review. Uh, we're known for movies, but you may not know we also review TV, video games, and music. And we like to take a retrospective look each year at the things that really we thought were good. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we sometimes get emails saying, you guys hate everything. Do you like anything? And the reality is we do like some things. And we love it when something pops up that is something that we can praise and that we can embrace. So we are going to just talk a little bit about some of our favorites from each of these categories. And we're going to bring Jonathan in to talk about technology a little bit, too. So who wants to start us out on the best of 2019? Well, I will. Okay, I will. Mr. Hoos. Yeah, I'll start out uh, talking about video games. Um, there were there really some great video games out this past year, and we've reviewed quite a bit of the crop, so to speak. And uh, some of the ones that uh, could easily fit into your, your family room or that you would trust having your kid play on his little handheld device. Um, well, one of the ones that comes right off the bat to mind is uh, the new Pokemon game uh -huh. mm -hmm. and that everybody knows about uh, you know pokemon is huge and and it's a it's a really well structured pokemon you know i mean you think okay yeah we they've done pokemon for like the net last thousand years right. right so how many games are there and how can they have anything fresh but they do have some really nice fresh elements in here and uh and and they're it's they're fun games by the way just for mom and dad out there you hear about this pokemon sword and pokemon shield and you think okay those two separate games? Yes, and they want to make twice the money, that's basically. Right. <laughs> they are separate, but they're they're essentially the same story, right. only with, with unique uh, creatures. Right, so there's some exclusives in each right. one. Right. And, Bob, would you say this is the kind of game that maybe a, a 
mom or dad could play with their oh, kid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems like there's an opportunity the, here. There is, and especially with the Switch, because this is on the new Nintendo Switch rather than the 3DS. Uh, and and so, you know, you can project it up on your television set, you know, connect it to your TV, and it's real easy for parents to, to step in on this one, too. And, and if nothing else, just watch what your kids are doing, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, also, another game that I can point out to... Um, uh, that's fairly recent. Uh, you know, everything is Star Wars these days. You know, you've got the new Star Wars movie out and the new uh, the Mandalorian. Disney Plus. Yeah, the yeah. Mandalorian. Anyway, the, the new Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is a fun game. And, you know, you can play it on the uh, Xbox One. You can play it on the uh, PS4, PC. Um, it's it's one of those games that uh, it's this it's got lots of adventure in it, uh, as well as environmental puzzles and quests, but but not a lot of content that you have to worry about, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, the only thing really in, the, in this game to worry about or that parents might be concerned about is if they're they have any concerns about the idea of the force right you know which is a big has always been a part of the star wars uh, saga and so that's a that's a part of this this game as well uh let's see another one that i think i would um recommend yeah okay if you've got if if you at home your kids still have a 3ds there's a game that they came out with this year called kirby's extra epic yarn and it is it is the cutest little thing you know if you've ever played a, a Kirby <laughs> game it's it's one of those games that kids love parents love it's just really really cute and this one's all about Kirby being transformed into a yarn figure and so you might want to give that one a spin oh. <laughs> and Bob, we've got we've got summaries of those games and a yes. couple more in our blog, and that's, obviously that's you can great. always go to pluggedin.com to get the full review exactly on those as well. Yeah, okay, so I guess I'll jump into TV. TV, um, okay. And yeah. Paul may want to comment on TV, too, since I may. you're yes. kind of our TV guy. So he we'll kind let you of guys is, go back but and forth. I may or may not have watched more TV this year, <laughs> but it's fine. Okay. Shots fired. <laughs> okay, so two, and I only took two, so Paul could take more, but uh, one is Carmen Sandiego. Um, Carmen, like that Carmen Sandiego? That Carmen Sandiego. Like San where Diego. in the world is That's Carmen right. Sandiego? So I grew up playing the game on a computer, but obviously they've transitioned Netflix. Netflix has, has their uh, their own show now, an original. Uh, it's super cute. There are really light content issues, and it's just this fun um, story of how Carmen came to be and how now she's she's not a criminal. Um, she is a good guy, and so it's just it's just like this really cute. Are, are they mystery shows? Um, there's a little bit of mystery. It's mostly just um, her saving the world. Ah, well, oh, of course, yeah. straightforward. You know, one <laughs> yeah. thing at a time. It's nice. That's right. Uh, the other one, which okay, I realize that this has its issues, is this is us. Um, <sighs> this before is I us. go, Somehow I, I know that was gonna come up. <laughs> before I go way too into it, I just want to say that as far as family content, there is a lot of content in in these shows and in these episodes. Not However, kids shows. Not kids shows, um, but it it is one of the realest shows that speaks to like real life situations. Um, I think today, like more than anything that I've ever seen, it really speaks to what's happening um, in in a broken family, in a foster family. It just takes all these different scenarios and it blends them together so well. So, so let me just give a little bit of insight on how these reviews work. Sometimes we watch them, you know, when we're at work. And, and so when Kristen finishes watches <laughs> an episode of This Is like, Us, she oh, comes Kristen's over, weeping see again. the tears streaming <laughs> down her face. Yes, I still have a soul. Sorry. <laughs> right? <laughs> 
right? Well, there's that. Your turn, Paul. So let me tell you about something that also really speaks to the world that we live in. The Mandalorian. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I, I, speaking of everything is being <laughs> sort of like Star Wars this this age, um, yeah, The Mandalorian is a really interesting show on Disney+. Plus. Yep. Uh, it actually takes the form of a Western in certain ways. <laughs> That's exactly right. And and it and it stars this Boba Fett-like character. Who but is not a Boba bounty, Fett. Not Boba Fett. So if I were a Mandalorian, what would I be? You would be a bounty hunter. Oh, you were saying that and I interrupted. I I knew yeah, that. Exactly. Oh, man. Okay. Exactly, Adam. No, uh, it's it's a kind of a fun, action-packed, pretty gripping show. It's it's a good yep. version yeah. of Star Wars without a lot of problems. It's not probably necessarily for, for the youngest of kids, yeah. but it's it's a fun drama, with in a, a sense. With a baby Yoda? With a baby Yoda. Oh, we oh, didn't no, even adorable. mention the baby Yoda. <laughs> Holy cow, so cute. It's It's... We actually lack the vocabulary to really fully articulate how cute Baby Yoda is. I seriously think that it was it was sort of created in some sort of computer al- algorithm or something yeah. to yep. say what is the cutest creature that can possibly be made, cute and factor. I think it's Baby Absolutely. Yoda. Well, let's talk about music, too. Um, Kristen and I review music, and one of the things I thought was heartening this year as a trend were multiple people singing about marriage. Yeah. And, and really, I think... Uh, giving marriage its due as a beautiful and wonderful thing. One of those was a song by Megan Trainer called Marry Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, another was from Thomas Rhett called Look What God Gave Her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just, I love that in our culture that says anything goes and a lot of people, you know, saying marriage doesn't matter anymore, that it's an outdated institution. We still have some voices that are saying, actually, marriage is really an incredible thing. Yeah. Uh, and I, I won't say that I'm going to endorse everything those two artists have done, um, but those two songs especially caught my attention this year mm-hmm. in terms of their positive mm. messages. Yeah, mine as well. I think it's it's kind of rare to find a song where someone is sitting down and like doting on their spouse and talking about how much they love and appreciate them. Yep. And so I, I like Thomas Rhett a lot. Um, and so I think... Especially that song. Was and really and great. with the video for Marry Me from Megan Trainer, yeah. I mean, we actually have scenes from their wedding. And yeah, so, so sweet. Again, I think it's heartening to me to see that there are still these pockets in our pop culture that are elevating marriage to, to where I think it should be. Yeah. So, Jonathan, uh, you don't have a, a standard beat on the plugged in website, but you think a lot about technology and the things that are influencing families. What were some of the trends or things you saw this year and what was maybe encouraging to you in terms of helping families sort through this sometimes complex area of their lives? Yeah, that's so huge because, I mean, for a lot of moms and dads, the issues are, okay, my kids have these devices in their pockets. They're staring at them all the time. What are they staring at? And is there some way I can use this to talk with them, to communicate with them? And, And sometimes it's even trying to find a balance of, do I tell them to put the stupid thing away? Or do I actually? Oh, we don't say stupid them. in our family, Jonathan. Come on. Oh, <laughs> stupid is a stupid word. But uh, but no, it it is. And you know, in in one of our uh, previous episodes of this podcast, we talked about that uh, common sense media report that talks about young people say, you know, high schoolers or, or, or teenagers from 13 above averaging nine hours and 49 minutes a day in entertainment mm. media. That report was also pretty eye opening. 
with their favorite activities. So if I'm going to choose something that parents can use to connect with their kids, I think it should be something that's one of their favorite activities. As much as I could say, hey, use the Bible app and use one of the reading plans to, you know, do a study with your kids. Those are great options. But what I want to do is I want to choose one of the things that is the biggest influence in young people say, and that is music. And you just touched on it, Adam. Hmm. Um, Literally, it was the favorite thing of females. It was the favorite thing of teens. It was the second favorite thing of tweens. I mean, this it's huge. Music is huge. So let me give an example. Taking something like the app Spotify. Spotify can either be free or you can even grab a family plan. Whereas a family, you can buy it. And we actually do that. Um, It's like 15 bucks for five people. And the cool thing is um, a lot of your kids are listening to music anyway. And yes, you're still going to have to navigate those conversations of what music is appropriate and this and that. But the cool thing is you can follow each other's lists. Yeah. And, you know, and and literally, you know, when you talked about, you know, and Kristen's talk about Thomas Rhett, I didn't know about Thomas Rhett until my daughter Alyssa sent me one of her playlists. It was her favorite country playlist. And it had this Thomas Rhett song had that. I ended up watching the music video I may or may have not shed a tear. And, uh, <laughs> and it was just one of those things where, and I literally will now send a screenshot to her of a song that was on her list. And I'll be like, Oh, this one got me, you know, or I'll make a new playlist, you know? And it's funny. We always have these, you know, creative titles. Like I created a playlist called country trickle, you know, and then she creates <laughs> one. Uh, my daughter, my daughter, Ashley did this one that was called soundtrack of my life. And, and I was fun. like, and it was cool because I'm crying already it, and I don't even know your daughter. Oh, you know, and it's, it's like, you're getting this, you know, this, this glimpse into her world and her feelings. Yeah. And so it's been a fun discussion starter for us. And yeah, you can use, you know, things like Spotify, even Instagram, whatever to connect with your kids. And so I'm going to go for that one this year. Yeah, All right. Spotify did a really cool thing this year too, where since it was the end of the decade, um, that you, it showed you what uh. you listen to the most even if you didn't have Spotify for a whole decade, but what have you listened to the most? And so if you were yeah. on anyone's Instagram or Facebook story, um, that's all that was there was this is, this was who I listened to the most. This was my artist. So I thought oh, that was tons of fun. Who, what you was know. your, what was your song, Kristen? What was your uh, number one? My number one artist was Mumford and Sons. Oh, oh. Yeah. Mumford and Sons. Yeah. You know, I, th- I, I think, I think Jonathan brought up a, a great point and that we should at least stressed just a bit yeah. that in each of these categories that we've been talking about, there are ways to use them to actually connect with your kids yes. in yeah. positive ways. And I think that that's, that's the encouraging thing about, about media today. We think of it as, as an enemy. But right. it actually can be yeah. a friend that we can use to connect. And something fun. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And I think that there is so much stuff out there that we certainly want to avoid. But Plugged In also exists to help you identify the things that you can embrace as a family. Or maybe right. if you can't fully embrace it, you can at least navigate it. Yeah. You can enter in intentionally with your kids. And I love what Jonathan had to say about entering into his children's music world as opposed to just saying, well, that's a bunch of garbage and making it a place of division. We can say, where can we find some common ground? And I think as we find common ground, that actually gives us more credibility Mm -hmm. when we have to put the hammer down and say, you know what? I understand why you like that, but we just can't go there. So you can come to the Plugged In blog and check out our lists in each of these categories. And you might be thinking to yourself, wait a minute. 
movies are the big thing. You've ignored all of 2019's movies. So I want to put a plug in here. In the month of January, we are going to be doing our nominations for the Plugged In Movie Awards. Mm -hmm. And we have four categories. Best movie for adults, best movie for teens, best movie for kids, and best Christian movies. And so each week in the month of January, we will be giving our nominations, and we will give you a chance to give your nominations and to vote on those. You can do that on our blog. You can also send us an email at team at the plugged in show.com and participate in that process with us. And after we go through our nomination process, we will publish a final plugged in movie awards blog. Bum, 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 bum. Thank it's you. It's so fun. And we'll list our choices and reader choices as well. And you can see where we agree with you and where we maybe disagree with you. Yeah, we'll be you. dressed in tuxes. You won't be able to see them, but we'll be, <laughs> we'll be all, all duded up. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today. Again, we would love to hear from you at team at thepluggedinshow.com. And if you have friends that you think would really enjoy The Plugged In Show, please point them to us at thepluggedinshow.com. Plugging you into the world of pop culture and technology, I'm Adam Holtz for The Plugged In Show. We'll see you next week. 